0: We'll guys, welcome back to this podcast, uh, episode two of our Passion Week podcast. On episode one, we were able to sit down with Pastor Raw and talk about Passion Week as a whole and just the fruitfulness of it over these past four years. Uh, We are able to really highlight uh, what he's going to be teaching on Palm Sunday that's really going to kick off this Passion Week and Jesus entering... Um, the city on the donkey and everything that that meant prophetically, um, mm-hmm. that that was something that was prophesied um, many of hundreds of years prior to Jesus entering in that city. And in our in our time with Pastor Raw, we did focus a lot on the purpose of Passion Week and um, what we've seen the Lord do in our in these past four years during these Passion Weeks and why we do them. Um, Scott, Sean and I were able to sit down with Pastor Raul and we talked about uh, the benefit of just refocusing families on the cross. And now that we do have you here with us, why don't you share a little bit of what you've seen um, at these Passion Weeks and the benefit of them for for just the families here at the church.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's interesting because we talked about this before, how uh, I think uh, holidays, especially Easter uh, week, uh, what we call the Passion Week, uh, the Christmas and Thanksgiving, those are the biggest holidays of the year. Mm. And I think that uh, inviting family members, especially that aren't walking with the Lord or have walked away, um, you come any one of those days during Passion Week, you're going to get like a full on uh, understanding of, of, of the power and the purpose of the cross. And so it brings people back to that, that inner reflection, basically, an inflection of, geez, where am I at? Where do I need to be? And how far have I gotten away from the Lord, so to mm-hmm. speak? And so it's a stark reminder for uh, for diehard Christians as well as those who have, have maybe slipped away or maybe those who don't know the Lord at all. What's what's the purpose of my life? Now that I know the purpose of Jesus, why He came, mm-hmm. what's my purpose of life and what am I doing with it? You know, And it makes people just like, we see a lot of people come to the Lord during that time. For the Christian families, it's a great opportunity to come to gather together and to celebrate our faith in a way, which I think is even more important than Christmas because the resurrection is the power. Yep. Yeah, And sure. so uh, I just think it's, an, I love Passion Week more than any other holiday uh, that we celebrate. I love Passion Week just because you see the excitement of people coming just to hear about the lord it's pretty cool
0: and it is refreshing it is beneficial to to open the doors here yeah. every night of the week and and have a study you mm-hmm. know and and not just wait from palm sunday to good friday mm-hmm. to easter yeah. but one, one of the things i've said before and is that I'm excited because we're going to look at that last week of the life of Christ this year. We've taken a few uh, different themes the past two years, but to really hone in on that last week and really everything that took place... In the Gospels in that last week. There's a lot of ground that's covered, and that's what we want to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the way up until Easter Sunday, is um, really focus on some of those high points so that we could see what took place from the time Jesus entered into the city, To his time on the cross and then his resurrection. Mm -hmm. Sean, on Monday, you're gonna we're calling it a day of cleansing. You're gonna be covering the portion of Matthew 21 when Jesus went into the temple and what he saw in the temple and his cleansing of the temple. That has been taught on many different occasions, but uh, just off the top of your head or even some of the things as we're working over this text right now in your heart, what are some of the important things that we need to highlight through that text?
2: When you're looking at this, there's a couple times where Jesus confronted the religious leaders at the time, multiple times throughout the scripture. And sometimes if you're looking at it just like a, a, a there's an overview of the gospels, you might think, wow, man, Jesus is really rough with the uh, religious scribes and leaders, you know. Um, but the reason why is because they were called to represent God to the people. They were to know God's word. They were to be an example Um, of the Lord, of what the Bible says in the Old Testament. But though they were doing a lot of religious aspects on the outside, inwardly was where the problem was. Mm. And Jesus will later confront the Pharisees on that particular thing. Um, But this time it is confronting what's taking place at the temple Mm. of the selling that was being taken place. And you've heard the stories before where they are taking advantage of people that are coming with hearts of worship, to give their offering, and if it, the animal had a blemish, and that's what they were doing in the Old mm-hmm. Testament, uh, turtle dove, and because if it had a defect, it couldn't be accepted, and if it did have a, a defect, then they would almost force them to buy from them, mm-hmm. and everything was higher than what it needed to be. So what you see here is what has happened in church history at various times, and you see it in some churches around our nation, around the world, where people take advantage of people's desire to worship Mm. and turn it into a commercial thing. It turns it into a business thing. And it's far from whatever, what God desires. Mm. And so it broke Jesus's heart, where these people are to come to the temple. If you look at the Old Testament, the children of Israel, when they left uh, the wilderness and then Moses was instructed to mm-hmm. build a tabernacle and it was a place to meet God, a place of, of worship. When you go to Kings and Chronicles and you see uh, Solomon uh, led by the Lord, you build the temple. Once again, it is this picture of a place to meet God and there's a whole way of, of worshiping God in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament uh, as all, everything you see in the worship in the Old Testament, you see that God is a holy God. God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. There were things that had to be taken place before they could come and to meet with the Lord, and that was their sin had to be taken care of. And So going back to them, they would have sacrifices to atone for their sin. So they're going through what they're called to do, to worship, mm-hmm. but these people, the religious leaders or these trade people in front of the temple, were taking advantage of the people. And Jesus comes in and he turns over all the tables, the money changers um, that were taking advantage of the people. Mm. And I think it's very important for the church to to realize what our purpose is. And our purpose, the Bible says, is to equip the body of Christ, to teach them, to show them the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has blessed them with, um, to watch them come to maturity in the Lord. Mm. Is there a place of... Offering and tithe there is, the Bible tells us, to, to give unto the Lord. And I, I believe it's important to give into a, a ministry that you're a part of. But whenever a church becomes greedy, whenever a ministry becomes a business, you're always running into problems. So I think that those are the, some of the, the surface things, that, that a lot of the application that is there from mm-hmm. that of the cleansing of the temple. And I think the other thing you can see is what Jesus said. You're making my house a place of merchandise, but it is called it is to be called a house of prayer mm. and it is a place of worship, adoration mm. to the Lord where prayer and brokenness should be the foundation and everything else our, our worship our giving of offering, all of those things should just be complementary to a heart that is broken in the Lord. Yeah, so yeah. I think
0: yeah. like too when and I know this will get brought out you know, through multiple times of the study, but it was a Passover week. Mm-hmm. In Jerusalem millions of people were coming to worship the Lord and that portion in John 4 when it says that Jesus is seeking those who worship Him in spirit and in truth I think that's what broke the heart of the Lord is these people like you said are coming to are supposed to be representing God to the people and God doesn't rip people off yeah. he wants mm-hmm. genuine worship and a genuine relationship with people and um, we pray that if you're coming out that this evening or plan on bringing people that, um, a lot of times, uh, especially Easter and Christmas like you were saying Scott can be commercialized mm. and I, I pray even from the first study on Sunday going into Monday that that is like just just that whole mindset is taken away that when you're looking at what really took place in that last week of the life of Christ and what the Lord did to um, um, rid the people of religion, and really show them that He wants to have a relationship with them, um, I pray that that is the heartbeat of this week, that the length that the Lord went for relationship with His creation.
1: I think it's, it's really, um, we're fortunate too, because we've talked about this before, how um, how many people come throughout the entire week. And There's no gimmicks. Mm-hmm. We're not doing anything different. Mm-hmm. We're teaching the Word, doing a Bible study, and we have some food outside. And they just love coming, congregating, hearing, getting fed mm-hmm. spiritually, and just... Just being together It's just a really neat thing I, I, I pray more churches You know Do uh, Things like this In other words Things that draw the people together For the sake of just Talking about the gospel Talking about the resurrection I there's, think it's something That they don't talk about enough And
0: that that's one point That, that keeps getting highlighted Is the the ability for people To just get refocused mm. On what matters We There's so much um, Panic in the world That we're living in There's so much Distraction and I think it's so beneficial spiritually for families and marriages and just Christians to come together and focus on the centrality of Christ mm. and of our faith, really, especially in times like these. We're coming, we're in an election year, news is crazy. Mm. You don't know what's truth and what's error. You're constantly having to discern through. Um, the media and what's taking place in our world, but when we can just focus on something that we know is fact and that we know is truth. Amen. The peace that that gives um, to people and families, and we've talked about this before, just this opportunity to focus on the Lord and trust in the Lord that that He's gone before you in these times that we're living in and I and I you know the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear and so What should come forth this week Mm -hmm. is a reality of the love of God for people. Uh, Sean we kind of spoke about the um, Jesus entering the temple and and being very displeased with what he saw and him um, cleansing the temple, but um, why don't you highlight some more high points of this text um, and break it down a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know, one thing that happens after this is because whenever Jesus would do something, whether he was healing a man with a withered hand, it seemed like the, the Pharisees would always take that as a, as a time to come, about, come against him. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something for the glory of God. And here at the same time, they are confronted by this commercializing that's taken place. Mm-hmm. And then there's a reaction. And the reaction was this, in verse 14 of chapter 21, it says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. So everybody sees this power that he demonstrates. There's something special. Remember Mm. when Jesus went into the first synagogue? And it says that after he spoke, after he read the word, he spoke as one that had authority. Mm. Jesus was not like an ordinary man. He was 100% God and 100% man. And when he spoke... He is, the Bible says, the Word of God. Hmm. And with such power, He confronts something that became such a standard for the people. They would never go against those that were making money at the temple. They would never go against the religious scribes and the leaders. But you remember what Jesus also said in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means into the kingdom of God. Jesus continually de- um, confronted those that put on a religious front, but the hearts were far from gone. After the blind and the lame see this demonstration, this is what the reaction from the scribes and the Pharisees. It says, The chief priests, when they saw the wonderful things he did, and the children crying out to the temple saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant, they were angry. And they said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? So he's done this uh, amazing thing. People are coming to him, the lame and the blind, touching them, and then Jesus' response. And this response, for us that have children, um, I believe that this is something that's impactful, but also there's a message in this, and it says, Jesus' response to the scribes and the Pharisees was this, Yes, have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise the simplicity of children, the simplicity of those that trust in the Lord in brokenness. And these people that were cast out, looked down upon, the lame, the blind, mm-hmm. those who were, that were discontent in this world, then have some of the, the advantages that the scribes and the Pharisees had. They should have seen the Messiah right before them, mm-hmm. but they didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. They should have been the ones praising and worshiping God but it was these that they were looked down upon, they realized that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the true living God. And here's Jesus' response, out of the mouth of babes, worship and praise is perfected. Mm. I think all of us can can attest to that because when I came to the Lord, I, I said this to Ryan the other day, he said, did you have any like um, crazy experience when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Like any crazy emotions or feelings? And I'd, I've always, when I've been asked that question, I refer to it as this. I truly believe I had like a childlike happiness and peace in my heart. When I came to the Lord, my life wasn't good. I'd had a couple of GIs in a year. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Um, I had just gotten out of a court case, and I was 18-month alcohol class. My life was not good. But when I accepted the Lord that night, and I'd been reading His Word, and Pastor Al was teaching that night, I had this sense in my heart, like, I'm going to make it. God's Word's real. And I remember going home, calling my brother, calling my family, people that I were close with. Though my life was chaos, I just felt joy. I seriously felt joy. I'm not exaggerating. I had peace. And I say childlike faith because when I th- refer back to the good times being a young guy, it was like n- carefree, no problems. You know, as a grown up, you're dealing with bills. You are you know, I've been dealing with court cases, like real grown up stuff mm. and stuff that becomes a grind of life, the pressures of bills and everything that you deal with. Um, but when you reflect on your childhood, as for myself, it was a good thing. It was playing football in the streets with my brothers and my friends in the in the in the in the area and just hanging out without the pressures of life and when Jesus says you must become as a little child he's not saying that we have to all the way go back to a baby um you know physically it's it's of the heart the brokenness and i think that when we come to a place of true worship and adoration to the lord God blesses us in an amazing way. And I think this text here um, has always been been powerful. Scott, you've been teaching for for years. And when you hear that text as well, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. What comes to your heart?
1: (laughs) We talked a little bit about this morning. It's just like when our kids say profound things about the Lord and they have limited knowledge or even understanding, it makes you stand back and go, man, I think that they have a better grasp of Mm-hmm. of the deeper things of God, but in a childlike faith, like you said, and hearing them and watching them uh, grow and love the Lord it almost makes you jealous. Like, I wish I could be like that always. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be like, you know, like in, in a constant sense of awe of the awesomeness of God, mm-hmm. you know, where just everything you read and everything you do is just like, wow. I mean, we have those moments. Yeah. yeah. Remember when you were first saved? Like everything was like mind blowing. Wow. Yeah. As we get a little quote-unquote deeper in our faith, I think sometimes we lose that childlike awe, that childlike faith, where yeah. we're just like, in absolute, just mind-blown of everything he says and does. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the challenge for us to try to get back to that, not the emotion of it, but just that simplicity of it.
2: Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I, I agree too. I think sometimes knowledge is a good thing. Yeah. You know, growing in the grace and knowledge of God's word. Um, but the Bible does say, you know, um, knowledge can puff up and, and love edifies. And I think that there's sometimes in our that's why I love listening to Chuck Smith for so many years, you know, listening to our pastor now. Mm-hmm. It's like the good pastors and teachers, as they get older, they realize how much they don't know. And I think that that's a good earmark for somebody that truly knows the depth of God's word, mm-hmm. that they still find themselves in a place of, pure worship and adoration to God. Mm-hmm. They, they see that, that prayer's important to them. They see themselves as being weak. And, you know, I, I think that God allows things in our lives sometimes um, to break us, to, to humble us. You know, I, you've heard Rawl say, and I think we can just see this as well, is like, isn't it amazing how you come into this world, you come in, In this world as a baby you know born you are dependent upon your parents to take Mm -hmm. care of you and then as you grow a little bit you start to walk you start to talk then you go to school then you go to junior high school you go to high school then you go to college or you go into a career now you think you got everything figured out you know you got to answer for everything especially when you're in the high school age right you Mm -hmm. think that you know everything Mm -hmm. yeah then you have children then you man, you start like man, this is hard. You start repeating what your parents used to say. Then before you know it, your body starts breaking down. <laughs> you get older and you get weaker. Mm-hmm. You you get you go from being you know dependent upon parents at, at a younger age, and then when you get older, you become weaker as well. And it's this thing of dependency. Mm-hmm. I believe that you learn from that in the Lord. Mm-hmm. That l- the Lord allows in our lives for a purpose.
0: Now, when you were talking about that portion that that we were covering in. Um, Matthew and the scribes and the Pharisees and even some of the the people that were there to offer sacrifice Not really realizing who Jesus was Mm. but the but the children did My wife and I were looking at our daughters the other day and we're just like man They're so untainted by this world and so untainted by this world system And they like you're saying Scott they have some of the things they say It's just this profound trust in God this profound spiritual perception of truth of truth And then when Jesus walks into this scene, these people who were corrupted by the world system and the religious system, so unable to discern what was really going on. That's something that's always struck me through this last, the last week of the life of Christ, when everything is about to meet its apex, when the one they were waiting for was right before them, and he was healing people, and he was teaching with authority, and they completely missed it Mm. i think uh, as you guys were sharing about the love of god and and loving god in return i was thinking about the rebuke of in the book of revelation to the church of ephesus they were doing a lot of really good things and we can fall in that place even in our walks with the lord we're we're not what we used to be we're not doing the things we used to be doing and we're doing some good things even in the name of the lord but we've left our first love and the call mm-hmm. of jesus is always going to get be get back to that simple yeah. christ-like faith yeah. in yeah. your relationship and your trust with him in in every area of your life life finances or ch- different challenges in raising children or, or whatever that looks like and um, i'm glad you highlighted that sean because the the power of simplicity yeah. in your walk, in your love, and your relationship with the Lord.
2: You know what? The thing that happens sometimes in the church over time or sometimes even in full-time ministry, you can get jaded. Mm. You can get jaded. You you go through challenges and they start, you know, maybe you, um, somebody rubs you the wrong way in the church, in ministry. You know, you see other people fall, other pastors, leaders, maybe that you look up to. And then you start getting a skewed uh, aspect of the church which leads to a, maybe even being discontent in your own spiritual growth after a while and then you start getting dry and you start getting jaded and we have to stop that from happening in our lives and that's all about being abiding in Christ being connected allowing the conviction of the holy spirit to happen in our lives there was that worship song that they uh, was written many years ago on coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you that that song's powerful it's simple too because it's so easy to make church make things all about activities and different things, and lose the focus of what we're here for. Lose the focus of the calling of God. Um, and I think that you have to you have to fight against that. Hmm. You you really have to fight against that. You know, being organized and being in a church that has a lot of events and programs and all that kind of stuff not are not are necessarily bad. But if they lose Jesus as the central aspect of that ministry, then it becomes a problem. There are many churches that are dead because that's what happened. They probably got really organized. They probably got a lot of business people in seats that maybe were more spiritual people back in the day. They might have had a lot of great ideas Mm -hmm. and they were very strategic in the way they did things. But what it happens is they drifted away from the heart and the simplicity that's found in God's God's yeah. word. And going back to the text again is just like, this is to be a house of prayer. Yeah. We have to to make sure that we don't discount. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, if we discredit what God's doing by doing something immaterial um that's driven in material riches or any of those kind of things that's just not pleasing to god i i think servanthood's important mm. i think humility is important I, I believe transparency is important all the things that jesus taught and are emulated through his ministry mm. we are to imitate christ in our lives and that is being men of prayer for the ladies out there being women of prayer to truly have a life that is honest before mm. the lord transparent before god we say that a lot because it's so easy to put on the front it is so easy and when you're confronted like these people were confronted you should allow that brokenness to take place in your life you should allow conviction to take place in your life because you know why conviction is good it's like when you god created our bodies in such a way when we get injuries you feel pain
0: mm-hmm.
2: right you 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 know break your arm you you um you know, get a cut on your arm or whatever, feels pain. And your body's telling you there's an issue, there's a problem. Same thing with conviction. It hits you. Oh, that hurt. Oh, I don't like what that pastor said right now. But it's working. And then when conviction can be realized and repentance is made, healing begins. And so as we continue on these nights of teaching, I pray that people will get convicted. I pray that people would be confronted with the, re- the reality of Jesus' desires to worship from you. And that goes for our own personal lives as well as, as pastors. And our, our heart, our prayer, is that people will come into maturity. We're living in a day and age you mentioned with so much media that's out there, so much information that is out there. But the true knowledge, true wisdom will always only come from God's Word. There's a lot of smart people out there, but if you don't know the Lord, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And God's word can make you wiser beyond your years. And, mm. and my prayer is that the next generation if the Lord carries will do great things for mm. the Lord and that we can continue um, doing great things for the Lord in this ministry that God has called us to mm. as we have a great legacy with Pastor Ron and Pastor Chuck Smith that have taught us the importance of teaching God's word. So I'm excited be able to kick off the monday night um on passion week excited
0: yeah just hoping that i'm thinking
2: about the verse in galatians that you know don't let a
0: work that began in the spirit end in the flesh Mm -hmm. and we don't want to over organize what we're doing here we're we're teaching the bible we're opening the doors and we're trusting the spirit of god to draw people and and to change people really it's an opportunity so uh, Scott any closing remarks that you you want to share before we uh, no, I'm just today? excited so, be
1: excited to to see what God's going to do and I'm excited to be a part of God's work so I encourage everybody to come out and enjoy it be a part of of God's work they and, are God's work
0: and as these uh podcasts keep coming out I'd encourage you to be uh be prayed up beforehand and really believing the Lord to touch your life in a powerful way Um, for the marriages that are hurting. Be praying for each other. God wants to touch your life. God wants to do miracles in your life, and God wants to restore uh, your your relationship with Him and your relationship with with others. So uh, come expectant. Come believing that the Lord is going to touch your life and uh, be prepared for Him to, um, to really minister to you and your family in a powerful way. But until the next podcast, we will see you then.
2: Take care.